So this is a short video just taking you through the stages involved in a laparoscopic anterior resection for an upper rectal tumour. When you enter the abdomen you can see the omentum here is covering most of the abdominal contents and if you position the patient steeply head down it helps you clear the omentum and the small bowel out of the way giving you room to work and assess the situation. Um, obviously this is a female patient so they have a wider pelvis than males. Um, now, initially, you have to try and assess the patient's anatomy. Um, firstly, locate the tumour, and secondly, assess really how floppy or how much of a redundant loop of sigmoid the patient has. Um, in this patient, it was an upper rectal tumour which had been marked preoperatively uh, with a tattoo using an endoscope and you can just see the blue tattoo coming into view, and that's generally done as routine for laparoscopic bowel resections. So you start the resection laparoscopically from the medial side to the lateral side. Um, we're lifting up the sigmoid colon here to expose the sigmoid mesentery. Um, within that mesentery you'll find the feeding arteries, the draining veins and lymphatics and those all important lymph nodes needed for staging. Um, and in this particular operation the artery and vein in question are the inferior mesenteric artery just there and the inferior mesenteric vein just behind. Now you need to essentially um, skeletalize that pedicle and you start at the pelvic brim, we're just uh, pushing there, opening up the peritoneum across uh, using a harmonic scalpel which is a coagulating tool which coagulates the little blood vessels you see as you go and helps keep the plane as bloodless as possible. So this lady was quite thin uh, and as such you can see quite clearly her left iliac artery which isn't obviously involved in this operation um, so we'll be given a, a wide berth. As you gradually open up that layer um, heading towards the root of the inferior mesenteric vessels you have to open up a small window now that's basically so that you're going underneath the pedicle and heading towards the opposite side um, where you'll find a natural window in the mesentery the dissection's done as a combination of sort of blunt dissection, just gently pushing things down and using the harmonic scalpel to buzz any other strandy bits that are in the way. Now eventually as you work, uh, work on through, you see a small window does develop and you just need to enlarge that window to give yourself some room to work and just help to skeletalize the pedicle uh, adequately enough for you to be able to put a stapler across. Uh, there are various methods of ligating the pedicle. Uh, some people like to use clips, uh, some people just use the uh, harmonic scalpel, um, but in this occasion we've used an endo stapler which uh, seals and ligates the vessels in one. So once the pedicle's been divided, we continue our medial to lateral approach. Um, lifting up the uh, descending colon here and working beneath it and essentially pushing down all the fatty tissue which contains the uh, gonadal vessels and the left ureter um, and essentially we keep going until we reach the lateral aspect of the uh, and the lateral attachments of the left colon. Once you think you've gone far enough you can reflect the colon medially and that reveals the lateral attachments which also need to be taken down to allow full mobilisation of the uh, left colon. 
the extent of the lateral mobilization uh, depends on the anatomy of the patient. Um, essentially, you tend to immobilize up to the splenic flexure, but you may need to mobilize the splenic flexure as well, uh, depending on the amount of colon available to pull down into the pelvis and anastomose to the rectum. You don't want to have any tension on your anastomosis, and as such, you need plenty of length, and if in doubt, the splenic flexure is mobilized as well. Uh, in this patient, though, there appeared to be plenty of length um, to perform the anastomosis, and so we didn't actually have to take the splenic flexure down, um, but we went up to the spleen. Now, once we've mobilised up superiorly, we have to start working down into the pelvis. So as we're heading down into the pelvis here on the left-hand side of the rectum, um, essentially trying to free the peritoneal um, layer as well, you can just see underneath where the um, harmonic scalpel is a white sort of band. Now that's the left ureter which we have seen and protected. You can just see it um, peristalsing there. And this um, part of the operation is essentially to try and locate the mesorectal plane. If you stay in that mesorectal plane it should afford you a bloodless operative field it also ensures that the mesorectum is excised as one complete package. Um, with the lymph nodes that drain the rectum uh, situated within that mesorectum. Also, if you stay safely within this plane, you can be sure that the pelvic nerves that maintain bladder and sexual function and are situated posteriorly here are preserved and left undamaged. So as we're working around to the right hand side of the rectum here, just freeing up that peritoneal tissue, um, you can see two different colours of fat, a slightly brighter yellow which is to come out with a specimen and a darker uh, colour just inferiorly here. And if you can work between the two colours, you essentially do find that mesorectal plane which you can see as um, bloodless frondy tissue. So once you've found that plane, you just have to be systematic and take the tissue in a circular fashion um, to the left and the right. We're looking now down into the pelvis and as we're below the tumour, we now have to make a decision as to where we're going to divide the bowel distally. Once we've picked the level, um, we have to divide the um, mesorectum using again the harmonic scalpel so that we coagulate any vessels on the way and the aim is really to skeletalize the bowel so that the um, staple gun can get across. You can see here we've taken away all the fatty mesentery leaving just the bowel um, where we'll be putting our staple gun across. Now to staple off the uh, distal end we use the endo stapler again uh, which simultaneously staples and divides the bowel and you can just see the tip of the gun can be angulated so you can get down as far as need be into the pelvis. So what's happening now is the bottom end of the gun is being inserted into the patient's uh, anus and manoeuvred up through the rectum so that the end of the gun is flush with the rectal stump that's been closed off. So this is often a, a two-man job to get the rectal stump aligned just so that the spike comes out to one side of the staple line rather than straight through it. 
uh, often a bit of counter traction here using the Johan can stop the um, spike tearing the rectal wall as it comes through. To get to this point the section of bowel with a tumour in it has been resected and that's left the proximal cut end of the bowel. Now outside of the patient the anvil of the gun is secured to that cut end and uh, closed around it and now once back inside the anvil has to be clicked onto the distal end making sure that there's enough proximal length and that that section of bowel hasn't been inadvertently twisted during the procedure. So once you've aligned the two ends they click into place and the person doing the gun at the bottom end winds the spike back into the rectum dragging in the uh, proximal part of the bowel. The gun tells you when they are sufficiently close together and whilst this process is going on you have to be sure that uh, there's been no tissue dragged into that anastomosis that shouldn't be there such as small bowel, um, fallopian tubes, uh, floppy bladders etc. Not so much of an issue with this patient because her anastomosis was quite high. Um, once the gun's been fired it's withdrawn leaving you with the anastomosis as you can see and a nice uh, tension free join. The last stage is to do a leak test which as you can see we've occluded the proximal part of the bowel with a soft bowel clamp and the person at the bottom end has a bladder syringe full of air and we fill the pelvis full of fluid so that the anastomosis is submerged and in the exact same way you check for a puncture when you distend the rectum uh, if there's a, a leak then bubbles should come out through the water and just you can see it being distended up now and the leak test is negative. So that's it, all that's left is to aspirate the fluid, do a final check around the abdomen for lay of the bowel and hemostasis. And this is what the patient sees. As you can see, she didn't require a defunctioning stoma. Uh, she had an uneventful post-operative course and was discharged home on day three.